Welcome to podcast number 41. Uh, wow, 41 podcasts. Can you believe it? And uh, this uh, this podcast will probably put me over 100,000 listens. And uh, I want to thank everybody for for taking all the time to to listen to all these podcasts and to keep me motivated. The donations have, uh, have, have helped uh, dramatically. Thank you. Uh, and also the people that have written in and uh, requested podcasts. So thank you very much. And uh, really, I wouldn't be able to do these without my sponsor. And I'm like, oh, that's right. I don't have a sponsor, right? So uh, no sponsors. Sorry. You know what I have, though? I've got an amazing group of people um, behind me that uh, support me as a uh, as a group, right? As a as sort of my advisory board, and the people behind me are the ones that are holding me to task and uh, uh, critique these and tell me if I'm full of shit or not. So those are the people that I really want to thank, and the people that I bu- I bugged uh, to ask questions. So those are the people that um, are, are sort of the unsung heroes of putting up with my crap uh, for these. So. All right, podcast 41. There's a lot to this podcast. This this podcast has been a, a topic that a lot of people have written in with, and I've been gathering my notes on it um, for many months, and uh, as my, my basically my notes got bigger and bigger. So here we are trying to get this one, uh, trying to get this one done, and um, there's a lot to it. This one's probably going to run a little bit longer, and well, guess what? It needs to. So, riding in the rain. What do you need to know, man? There's so much to this. Um, there's so much to this, but really, there's not a lot to this. And uh, I guess the best story to that was uh, as a guest instructor at Freddie Spencer School, uh, where we're at lunch and um, Freddie's uh, answering questions, and somebody raises uh, raises their hand and asks Freddie and says, uh, "So, Freddie, when when are you going to teach us?" how to ride in the rain. And Freddie, Freddie looks at him and goes, well, I am. And that's exactly how we're going to start this off, which is it, the technique is the same. It's just the degree of application is different. There's just less grip. That's it, right? It's, there's just less grip. Are there a few little nuanced things that we're going to mess with? Yes. Uh, I, I basically interviewed three different people um, for this podcast and you'll get their four different people for this podcast and you'll get their information as well. That's it. There's less grip. That's it. There's always 100% of grip, right? You hear Nick Nick uh, Nick Einach from the Yamaha school. You hear him say that as well. There's always 100 points of grip. It's just where that 100 points is and then it's up to you to mess with it. So let's get that started right out of the gate. There's no massive differences other than it's the same technique just a different degree of application. So one of one of the notes that I wrote down here, uh, and I have a bunch of them, is if there's less grip available, your degree of application is less. So that's it. Let's just start it off. Let's start it off with that. And let's let's just sort of start off with some general thoughts, which is know your conditions and study your environment. Right? There's so many different things that happen to this. Is you know, look at the weather forecast. Is it is it going to be raining the day that you're going to be racing? Is it the day you're going to be doing your track days? You, you know, whatever your street ride is, it doesn't matter. So look at your environment, study your environment, and and, and look at it. And you'll hear some comments uh, in a little bit from from Mike Canfield about that, about how they how they look at um, whether they're how they're changing the setup on the bike, and a lot of it is that sometimes they just they just don't know. So. Know your conditions. And something that uh, one of the first quotes that I'm going to get into is uh, Phil Horowitz, one of my main instructors, who's who's very quick in the rain. Uh, Phil's run top 10 in AMA in the rain. 
And and one of the things that Phil has uh, said is that he, one of the things that he's always looking at is constant assessment, right? Constant assessment. And that's before he gets on the bike and during the bike, right? Every lap, every corner, constant assessment of what's going on. There's a massive difference uh, in pour, pouring down rain versus wet, dry conditions, um, or if it starts to rain uh, when you ride as well. So study your conditions or know your conditions and study your, your environment. So to jump right into some of the actual technique uh, parts of this, and of all the people that I talked to, there, there was two or three common um, thought processes that went along this was maximize your straight lines. Maximize straight lines because if the bike is more upright, well, then you've got more contact patch available. So corners that uh, you're going to get into, you'll run slightly more of a V-shape just because you you can want to maximize that time that tires up and down, straight up and down, maximize your grip going in and coming out and minimize the amount of overall time you're at lean angle. That was one of the, the, the common thought processes. Another common thought process is that what we're trying to do, and I'll get into the individual quotes here in just a minute, and, and you'll you'll probably rehear some of them again. And uh, one of the other biggest comments was, you're trying to assess grip, right? You're trying to assess how much grip is available. If your hands and your butt and your feet can't tell you that, then you're not going to be in a position to do that. So it's getting set up specifically after turn in and in the middle of the corner to the slowest point of the corner to be able to maximize that feel. So straight, you know, we'll talk about braking in just a minute. As you turn in, having lighter hands and having your core engaged was a bigger deal. And that was everybody that I talked to was, wow, you're really trying to figure out how much grip you have in the middle of the corner. Um, and to do that, they really had to put themselves in a position to feel. And if you can remember from my my feel podcast, how do we're doing that, right? Make sure your core is light, make sure our hands, you know, we want some we want some bar pressure, but we're not in having input, especially uh, in the rain. So having your hands in a position to get feel, having your core engaged so everything's tied together to feel if the rear slips or if your feet, you know, don't feel right or whatever it is. So light hands after turn in to, to improve feel. And yeah, I said that core and feet. Core's got to be engaged and engaged earlier than you think. If you're trying to engage the core, essentially in the middle of the corner, you're late, right? You're late and you're not going to have that feel that you need um, when really we usually typically have um, the problems with, with crashing in the rain is right on entry, right past tip in. We want to be able to have that. We want to be able to have that, that available to us much, much earlier. So getting our core and feet engaged with there. So another one with our body position. So how does our body position work into this? And with our body position, what we're trying to do is we want to get separated earlier from the bike, right? We're not worried about overall, you know, corner speed. We're not worried about, you know, overall lean angle. We're trying to run less lean angle. So getting separated earlier is something that we want to take a look at. And what that means is, as you sit up on the brakes and then you turn in, I might have another inch of butt off than I normally would to help run a little bit less lean angle, right? It might feel a little bit uncomfortable. And we're talking, we're not talking seven inches, right? We're just talking an inch or two to get more butt off so you can be slightly more separated. Your initial turn in, so as you move your upper body and have your core engaged, 
that is what sets you up for the lean angle in the rest of the corners. So your initial turn in with your initial body movement is what sets that up. So getting that done early, a little bit more butt off, you'll turn in, get your core engaged. I want to stay connected to the bike. I want to feel the bike. And you'll hear another, you'll hear a quote um, from uh, an incredible rain rider here in just a minute that, that talks about this, which is he want, I want to be in a position to catch it, right? To save it. So if my body's hanging all the way off the bike, then I'm not in a position to be able to have anything to catch. So I may not run quite as much body position as I normally would um, when, the, when, the grip is, uh, when the grip is high. I might be upright just a little bit more to stay more connected to the bike and pause to save something in case something happens. If I'm trying to drag my elbow in the wet, I've got nothing left if something happens and I'm not connected. I, I lose a little bit of that feel. So that's how we're gonna do that. So the initial part of it is making sure that um, we're separated and separated earlier. Another thing we'll look at is our slowest point of the corner. And again, you'll hear this in a quote in just a second. Um, the slowest point of the corner is slightly slower. That's all there is to it, right? We don't have the grip available. So being a little bit more precise of where it is, where it is, and uh, the speed at which it's at. So a little bit slower at the slowest point of the corner uh, to be able to get that done. Typically, I'll see the slowest point of the corner slightly earlier, slightly earlier because we're not gonna use as much brake pressure. We can't run the brakes in as much as we can. So obviously you'll still use brakes. You're going to trail brake. Let's be clear on that. You're going to trail brake in the rain, right? Watch, watch the pang uh, when they were riding in the rain um, uh, earlier. Yeah, they trail brake. That's how it is. Same technique, just a different degree of application. That's how it works. More contact patch. So slowest point of the corner, slightly, slightly earlier and slightly, slightly slower. So thinking about uh, those things. So I want to get into um, some of the quotes um, that some of the guys uh, talked about and uh, introduce you to those. And then we're going to, we'll talk a little bit about um, bike setup uh, and equipment uh, as well. So yeah, all you guys, all your gear heads are like, oh yeah, bike setup. So good stuff there. So I ended up talking to uh, three people uh, about their rain riding. And one, as I, I told you, I mentioned to, uh, to uh, about Phil um, and, and Phil talked about, because um, Phil is very quick in the rain. And what Phil talked about was maximizing a straight up and down braking and then really hunting and searching for grip in the middle of the corner, right? Feeling, feeling how much grip he had available uh, to make that happen. And then of course, getting it stood up, uh, stood up on the exits. And Phil's, his mantra when he was riding was, constant assessment of conditions. Can I push harder in that corner because it's drier? Is there a dry line forming? Is that one wetter? Is there water at the apex? Do I have to come off the apex a little bit? Things like that. So Phil was in constant assessment of what was going on. And speaking of lines, right? If it's a complete deluge, water typically will puddle at those apexes. You're going to be off your apex a little bit because you don't want to be in the, you know, the standing water. You'll be off of them a little bit. But direction rules. <laughs> direction always rules. So you might be off a little bit, but again, direction rules. So 
there you go with that. Um, so that was Phil's pretty much Phil's story with everything. So another another writer that uh, I just have massive respect for that uh, I'm going to be working with and I've worked with before in the past, Chris Paris. Chris Paris is a, another fellow Yamaha uh, Champions Riding School instructor, insanely fast uh, rider, and, and uh, Chris has won AMA Nationals against all of the boys uh, in the rain. And uh, uh, Chris goes um, just so, so super quick in the rain. So I got a couple thoughts from Chris and uh, what Chris was talking about. Chris has uh, sort of a mantra with him. He goes, I'm trying to be on the side of the tire the least amount of time possible. So Chris wants to go. Of course he wants to go. But his mantra is, I'm going to be on the side of the tire the least amount of time possible. Right, Straight up and down going in as much as I can. Straight up and down coming out as much as I can so I can use more brakes and so I can use um, more, more throttle. So another thing Chris talked about was his focus. And when you're riding, actually, this is how I was going to, I was going to, I was going to kind of close the podcast with this, but it ties in really well. You're going to be mentally exhausted riding in the rain, riding in the rain, because there, there is no moment, there's no moment to give up. And uh, Chris talked about that uh, here, and I'll, I'll tell you, one of his second thought was, is he goes, get your focus going. And he goes, get your focus going so well that you get the feeling of what the edge of grip is, right? So you're getting it, and that's the whole idea, right? You're hunting and you're, and you're trying to figure out what the edge of grip is. So get that feeling of the, of, of, of the edge of grip and what, is, what that is like. So how do you do that? Get your focus going so you can feel it. And then Chris even added, even on the straightaways, you can't give any of that up. Um, I've done quite a bit of uh, rain riding. Uh, I worked quite a bit uh, with Tommy Aquino. When Tommy Aquino went uh, to Europe and England to ride, he'd never ridden in the rain. So he spent three days with me riding in the rain in New Jersey. And um, you realize that straight up and down, that thing can high side you straight up and down, spin the tire. So even on the straightaways, you can't give up that focus. And Chris also talked about body, right? So Chris talked, almost echoed exactly what I was talking about, which was use enough body uh, at turn in. He used the same thing, more butt off, foot engaged. And he goes, I use enough body uh, at turn in. He goes, I'm, I, I want to be able to reduce my lean angle. So it all starts on turn in. He says, but I always want to have enough in reserve to save it. And it just echoed those exact thoughts that uh, that I had said earlier. Uh, he also talked about making sure that your core was really tight, hands were loose, so you could save it, right? Hands tight, you're not going to be in a position to do that. So let's get uh, one more thought in here, and that's from Scott Russell, uh, world champ Scott Russell. Again, just I'm just so blessed um, to to know Scott and have ridden with Scott a bunch and be able to call him up and ask him questions and. Scott's a big fixture at uh, at our Rick days, and he's done stuff at the Yamaha School as well. And we're going to do a lot of stuff with Scott. Um, just incredible rider, and just an amazing insight of uh, of how things are done. So Scott had two things, and um, the one was straight up and down braking. That he it, rain tires will have so much grip straight up and down braking, and even even some of the Q3s that we use have very very good grip straight up and down uh, braking. So. What Scott would do was he he goes, I'm going to smash the tire. I'm going to push the water out on the brakes. So I'll go to the brakes, squeeze the lever, and he goes, I felt like I was pushing all of the water out. 
And that's what Scott, he goes, when I, when I had that idea, he goes, when I had that idea, I, I could break harder because I felt that's, that's what I was trying to do was to push that water out of the tire. And he'd really maximize his straight up and down braking. He definitely would let off the brake quite a bit at turn in, but he was constantly flirting with that comfort level. And what Scott talked about is he goes, yeah, I'd turn in. And if the, if, if, if it felt vague, then I'd give some brake up to get the feeling back. But he goes, I was constantly flirting with the maximum right there of how much grip I could give it. And, and that was all related to how much brake pressure. And, you know, one corner, he tried it one way, another corner, he tried another way just to maximize that grip. So straight up and down braking and then how much grip he had at turn in, that's where Scott was, that was a big focus. And he thought he had a massive um, advantage to that one. The other one that Scott had, which was, um, we don't, we're not going to see that as much, but it's something that we can talk about, especially for street riders. Um, this is something that I, I do with, uh, with rear brake. Uh, especially in subject uh, conditions. So what Scott would do is he he would use the rear brake as traction control. And it's different than what you think. What what Scott would do is when he'd get the bike slowed and pointed, he'd go to the throttle and he'd start to feed the throttle, but he'd already be on the rear brake at this point. So he'd be able to add a lot more throttle. And he'd get to the point where he was at full throttle or close to full throttle. He didn't want to bog the motor down. He wanted the motor to, you know, to keep revving. But he would use his foot and he would, he would use the brake. He would, he would release the brake just to get the wheel to start to spin. So he was just modulate. He'd hold the throttle, throttle steady, but he'd modulate the brake to see how much wheel spin he could get away with. And that was his poor man's traction control. And so he was constantly flirting with how much brake pressure, how much he could release the brake to get the bike to move forward and, and not spin up. So Scott talked a lot about that. And then Scott also talked about, man, you got to be patient. You got to be patient and let that grip, let the grip come to you and let the feeling um, come to you. So some good thoughts uh, from these guys. And you can see how they all kind of run. They all kind of run the same as well. A um, couple of things in general, and this kind of applies even some of the road, you know, more to street racers rather than the road racers, um, is you can go to the brakes. You're going to maximize your straight up and down braking, but don't be afraid to go to the brakes a little bit earlier and lighter initially, right? So make your 5% a little bit longer to help squeeze that water out. Like set that tire, set it, but then you can really work on being more precise um, with your brakes if you give yourself some time to do that. So that'll be a big deal. Initial inputs, We this is where initial inputs are, are, are such a big deal. So your initial brakes, your end of braking, your your initial throttle, how you move your body becomes a bigger and bigger deal when we have the less grip. So a couple, couple more things. One, um, just general on uh, equipment. Uh, biggest issue that we typically see with riders is the face shield fogging. And you know you can you can run, they've got specific rain um, shields, which are great, uh, clear shield typically. Um, and they've got ones that are treated on the inside to, to not fog up. Another way you can do that is just put a piece of duct tape over your nose, right? So over your nose, it comes down and, and covers the front of your helmet so that all the air is blown um, below the helmet instead of coming up and, and fogging up. So just even a little piece of duct tape, you'll see a lot of guys do that. That works really well. Um, that's something that uh, I've used quite a bit and uh, it works It works fantastic um, until, of course, you want to peel the duct tape off your nose. So 
There you go with uh, the duct tape over the nose. And also, if you're going to be out there a while, get a proper rain jacket, right? One that's not flopping around, um, one that fits pretty tight. Um, that makes a big difference as, as, as well. And of course, some of the environments, it could be freezing cold rain. Um, it can be a warm rain as well, but a proper rain jacket, if you're going to be out there for a while, makes a, it makes a big, big difference. All right, last thing I want to talk about is bike setup. So uh, I, I deferred uh, to the expert on this. I deferred to Mike Canfield. Mike Canfield is uh, J.D. Beach's crew chief. It's also been Martin Carnez's crew chief and Jay Gagne's crew chief. The guy's got a few, uh, few championships under his belt. And uh, I've been, again, blessed to know Mike for a long time. And Mike has helped me out quite a bit uh, in my program. So as much as everybody wants to hear, oh, you always take out two turns of preload and then you always add, comp no. There's no silver bullet. I'm sorry. And uh, I, I, I really tried to pin Mike down on this. And um, basically, there's not. And it boils down to two different things. And it's it's fairly simple when, when you look at it. And it boils down to when are you making the decision on bike setup? So one, if you're if you're a track day rider or or somebody that's uh, going to go out on like an intermediate tire, like a Q3 or something along those lines, you want to get the tire to flex a little bit more so you can start to mess with tire pressures there a little bit. Rain tires run a, a, actually a fairly stout tire pressure, but of course their carcass is very, very soft. The idea is you want that carcass to flex and you want, you want to be able to get that uh, more contact patch. Uh, you're not worried about the tire overheating. So um, you can mess around a little bit with some tire pressures depending on what tire you're using uh, to help that out as well. So what Mike's big thing was most of the times that you make a decision that, that he's had the experience with, you're making them on the grid, right? You're making them on the grid. The bike is sitting there. You're about ready to go out for the warm-up lap. And then you have to decide, is it raining? Is it wet? And what setup you're going to do? So what tires you're going to deal with and, and whether, uh, what bike setup you're going to run. So, if they're on the grid and it's dry and it looks like it's going to be a wet race, whatever downpour happens, whatever the issue is, they're only going to have time for external settings. So let's talk about the settings in general. The bottom line is when you're going slower overall pace, there's less force in the suspension, right? There's less force on the brakes, there's less force on acceleration. So what it boils down to is you've got to be able to, um, change your external settings for the less force. You want the bike to ride a little bit lower in the stroke. So that's what you're going to look at. So whether you take out preload, rebound, compression, whatever, that's really dependent on you. And I, I, I don't want to get into a blanket statement of that because a lot of it depends on your pace. A lot of it depends on the track. A lot of it depends on how much rain it is. There's so many different things. The rider's preference as well. Um, he talked about a rider that he used to work with that that actually would not change the front, but also change the rear a little bit, but change the rear and he's vice versa. So there's there's too many different things. But let's get you to understand why we're making the change, which is there's less force in the suspension, less force in the suspension. You needed to ride it low, lower in there. So, yeah, you can take a little preload out. Yeah, you can take a little bit of compression out. Yeah, you can take a little bit of rebound out just to get the thing to move, move around a little bit more. So. Mike would look at external settings if it was something that was going to be on the grid. If they knew that they were going to have a full wet event, then they would look at um, full valving or spring changes. So think about it. What they're trying to do is, when we looked at external settings, 
there's less force in the bike. And when they make those settings and they make those changes, they're compromising the stroke, right? So in other words, the bike's riding lower in the stroke. If they have a chance for the full wet setup with valving and springs, there's less force, but they're trying to use all the stroke. So that's how that works. And whether it's one spring rate or two spring rates or a valving change, there's less force in the bike, less force in the bike, but they still want to utilize the full stroke of the, of the, of the suspension. So that's how, that's how that works. I wish there was a rule of thumb. Sorry, there's not, right? It's just something that you have to understand what you can do and you can try some different things to make that work. And of course you can look at it if it's, if it's just a one session deal or if it's going to go out on the, um, if you're going to go out, um, uh, you know, you've got your dry bike or whatever is your dry settings. Uh, and then you need to make some external stuff. You can make some external changes or if you're going to go to the full wet setup, but understanding the whole idea of it is a big deal. Part of that is also very track dependent tracks. that would not have a, say a very hard braking zone. I would make a, a one sort of a change tracks that have a very hard braking zone, even in the wet. Cause you heard what Scott Russell and Chris Paris and Phil, Phil said, right? They're going to maximize their straight up and down braking. So you don't want to compromise it too much. So again, that's where the whole track dependency thing comes. So rain riding. Yes, I did talk a lot and uh, I needed to. This was a big subject and this is a subject a lot of people had interest in. And this is one that I've collected pages and pages and pages of, uh, of notes on. And uh, I did some interviews with. So Rain riding. There's a there's a lot to this, um, so I hope uh, I hope you got what you needed out of it. Um, there's a lot of stuff there, and and this all goes back to, yeah, we want to bring, we're trying to bring the habits and techniques of the best riders in the world to every rider in the world. That's that is my hidden agenda. This is a perfect example of being able to do that. Here we've got, you know, world champions. Um, we've got uh, national champion riders, national champion crew chiefs um, putting that information in. So quite honestly, this is how it's done.